0: Again, that's Joshua, chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And the word of God reads, When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel whom he had appointed a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. And take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in the time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall, say, then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. This is the word of the Lord to us. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. On the morning <clears throat> of September 11th, 2001, my dad who was a commercial electrician in New York City. He has since retired. On the morning, was working in a building <coughs> Excuse me. across the street from the World Trade Center. While he was working with uh, some of his co-workers, he heard an explosion. Wondering what it was, they descended from the building and came outside and saw the mayhem. Uh, plane, as we now know it had struck one of the Twin Towers in New York City. He spent time observing the melee and the confusion that was going on, and it became too much. He knew it was time to, to get out. Before he left, he wanted to go up into the building and get his tools. And on his way up to get his tools in order to leave the city, the second plane hit. He didn't go back to get his tools. but descended the building and sought to make his way out of uh, New York City. And by God's grace, he was able to flee the scene before what we know now, the towers collapsing. Uh, last year, our family and I had an opportunity to visit Ground Zero. We were able to see the outline and the, the memorial there of those who tragically lost their lives. All of his grandchildren were there. And Papa got to explain to them and point to where he was on the day that those planes hit the building. He was able to show them the route that he took out and was able to escape by God's grace and by God's mercy. None of them were born at the time. So we reflected, yes, on the tragedy of those. We remember those who lost their lives that day, but we were also able to reflect upon the goodness and the mercy of God, to Papa. You know, our country is full of memorials, calling attention to the to the sad and the tragic. But there are also memorials calling attention to the great victories and triumphs of our nation. Our country is full of these memorials. Well, the Bible, the Bible is replete with memorials as well. When Israel had been delivered out of Egypt, God commanded them to hold a feast. It's the Feast of Unleavened Bread. We are told this, In Exodus 13 and 9. And it shall be as a sign on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes. The law of the Lord will be in your mouth. For with a strong hand, the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. As the children of Israel were exiting out of Egypt, God gave them the unleavened uh, bread feast to, to remind them as a memorial what he had done. In Numbers 31, 54, after God had performed a great victory on behalf of the children of Israelites over the Midianites, uh, Moses and Eleazar, the priest, received the gold from the commanders of thousands and of hundreds and brought it into the tent of meeting as a memorial for the people of Israel before the Lord. Memorials. Memorials are helpful because we are a people uh, prone to forget. In, in, in fact, most of us no doubt forgot where we were in Joshua until our brother Donald read the scripture this morning. <laughs> so let's refresh our memory. God had just performed an incredible. Miracle on behalf of the people. He cut off the flowing waters of the River Jordan. Now, brothers and sisters, this was a miraculous act. It was a miraculous act. The the children of Israel were able to pass through on dry land into the land of Canaan, specifically Gilgal. Now, the familiarity of this story causes the wonder of this act to be lost on us. But think about it for a moment. The Jordan River, some a mile long, was cut off. The people must have been in awe. They were struck with awe at this act. Shouts of Praise and and feelings of wonder and amazement must have accompanied them as they made their trek across the the dry ground, the dry riverbed of the Jordan River, saying to themselves, oh, I I will never, I will never forget this act that God performed on our behalf. But, But would they, would they never forget? Unfortunately, when it comes to the works of God, we too often have short-term memories. It shows itself to be true, brothers and sisters, in our lack of faith. The reason you and I lack faith is because we, we forget if, if we would remember, if we would just remember all the ways in the past that God has moved on our behalf, if we would simply remember his, his, his character and, and the various promises that he gives us in his word, then guess what? You and I would trust him more. Hmm. We forget. We forget because we are for, a forgetful people. But fortunately, oh, God is gracious and merciful. <laughs> He's gracious and he is merciful. And because he is well aware of our proclivities to forget, he helps us. He makes provisions, provisions to jog our memories and, and so that we can, can, can remember him. And that's what we see in our text. This morning, after all the nation had passed through the river, God speaks to Joshua. Joshua 4 and verse 2. Take 12 men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take 12 stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's foot stood firmly and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Now before calling attention to what is said here, to the command that is given to Joshua, we must once again call attention to who says it. God, in his recounting of these events, wants to continue to press upon his readers that this is his show. This is his story. Joshua is not acting independent of God. Every every single move that is being made by Joshua is coming at the direction of God. Oh, we can't ever miss that. Even in our world today, brothers and sisters, we need to understand that God is orchestrating it all. Oh. Knowing this is important, brothers and sisters. And I hope, I hope you would know that here at East Point Church, that we as leaders, brothers and sisters, are seeking to move as God says, move. This, this here, what we have going here, this is no Jesus-take-the-wheel situation. Brothers and sisters, the reality is we never had the wheel to begin with. This is God's work. He sets the agenda. Just as he did with Moses, God is directing Joshua. Because this is his story. And so so God commands Joshua uh, to appoint 12 men, one from each tribe, to, to get stones from the riverbed of the Jordan and take them and lay them where they are to lodge that night in Gilgal. The 12 stones were significant. The fact that one man from each tribe chose a stone communicated something. These 12 these stones represented the 12 tribes, 12 tribes of Israel, the entire people of God. In fact, we can link these 12 stones back to the statement made in verse 1. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, God had not left one man, woman, or child. All the people passed over the Jordan, even the sons of Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh you remember you remember those who were given land in the Transjordan but, but who had promised Moses that they would fight with their brothers and sisters to take the land they were armed and, and ready to fight is what verses 12 and 13 uh, tells us. they all went. God said all all were to cross the river, and he made sure all crossed the river. God was faithful. So Joshua does just as the Lord commanded. He chose men and instructs them to to get a stone from the riverbed. Joshua 5 and 4, 5 and 6. Joshua said to them, pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. Here is a a helpful principle that Joshua demonstrates. Obey the word of the Lord no matter how obscure the request seems. (laughs) Why why stones? (laughs) Were were they special in, in, in some regard? Did they have magical powers? No, they weren't magical stones. But they did have a purpose. They were not special stones, but they did have a special significance. Joshua followed the commands of God, and he discovered that God's commands are always full of purpose. It's always got a purpose. God instructs them to gather these stones and set them up as a sign. As a sign. In the Bible, signs are associated with with God's promises and his his power and his purposes. They they signify his covenant faithfulness to his, his people. After the flood, you do remember, God promised Noah that he would never destroy the earth again with water. And to confirm that promise, what does he do? God gives him a rainbow, reminding him that he would never destroy the earth again by water. In Egypt, the plagues were also a sign. A sign of God's power and his might, both to Israel and to the Egyptians. The sign you and I are probably most familiar with is the sign given to Abraham. God promised him that he would be a father to, to many nations. And that he he, he would get a, a land of his very own. And he sealed that promise. He gave, he gave Abraham the, the promise, the sign of circumcision. Oh, We can name several other signs that God gave his people uh, throughout the The scriptures, because this is how God works. He enters into covenant with his people and and he gives them signs confirming that he is their God. That he is for them. That he works on their behalf. These stones that Israel set up, Joshua tells them, to be a sign for them. And these 12 memorial stones would serve two important purposes in the life of Israel. They would serve as a memorial and a testimonial. They would serve as a memorial. They would serve, they, these 12 stones would serve as a reminder for a people that is prone, that are prone to forget, after the battle at Gettysburg during the Civil War, a battle that was kind of looked back on as the turning point in the war for the Union Army. Abraham Lincoln gave his famous speech, the Gettysburg uh, Address. And there's a line in the Gettysburg Address that that Abraham Lincoln gives. He understands the proclivity of men to forget, and he wants to remind them to to remember what took place there. He says this, The world will little note, nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. Abraham Lincoln was appealing to the people to remember to remember not just what was said, but to remember what would happen. Because we are a people that are, are quickly, that quickly forget. Oh, unfortunately, God's people don't have a good track record of remembering. Not only do we forget what is said, we forget what God did. Throughout Israel's history, God was always Reprimanding her for their forgetfulness. They would would forget how God moved on their behalf. They would forget his commands and his promises. And and here is the issue this is not like forgetting someone's birthday or forgetting to take out the trash. Forgetting the work of God has severe consequences. Forgetting God leads to doubt, leads you to doubt who God is. Joylessness. It, it leads to fear and anxiety and idolatry. And the, the list goes on and on, and none of it is good. Forgetting God leads to a road littered with struggle and strife. Listen to just a couple of consequences of forgetting God that the scriptures list Ezekiel 23:35. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have forgotten me and cast me behind your back, you yourself must bear the consequences of your lewdness and whoring. Because they forgot God. There were severe consequences. Judges 3 and 7. The common refrain that we see in the book of Judges, and the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Why? They forgot the Lord, their God, and serve Baals and the Asherah. Oh, forgetful people. Forgetting God leads to severe consequences. Because, again, because God is gracious, because he knows this is the characteristic of fallen humanity, he provides signs to jog our memory. Memorials are so that we don't forget what he has done. God gave them a physical reminder, the children of Israel, 12 stones set in a heap to guard against their forgetfulness. In fact, these 12 stones would be the first of seven other memorial stones that are gathered and put together in the book of Joshua. How good is God? He helps us. When we can't help ourselves. All of Israel, every time they, they walked past the Jordan River, whenever they traveled to Gilgal and would, would see these 12 stones, their, their memories would be dropped. And what would they remember? They would remember that their God is awesome. And not awesome in, the, in, the, in, in how we flippantly use it today, but awesome in like the God that we serve cut off the river. He stopped it up so that we could walk on dry land. They, they would recall how, how God kept his promises to be with them and to, to fight for them. Something something ever jog your memory and you were instantly transported back to the place and time in, in your mind ever happened to you? Sometimes that's that's not a good thing. I, I had my memory jogged by a song a couple of weeks ago and I, that was not a good thing, right? But sometimes our minds are jogged to something to something good. And these 12 stones would have jogged the people of Israel's mind. They would have have seen them and instantly been transported back to sitting on the banks of the river, waiting to see if God would act. How would we we cross the Jordan? Wondering, wondering how God was going to show up. How was he going to work? And they would remember the feeling of awe and wonder as God stopped the river. And allowed them to pass on dry ground. Brothers I mean, and sisters, this is what signs do. <laughs> they cause us to remember a God who is for us, who fights for us, to remember a God who is strong on our behalf, a God who is faithful to his promises. Listen. You and I are no different than Israel when it comes to our memory. We are prone to forget to. When we struggle with doubt and fear and anxiety and, uh, and idolatry, you know what's going on? We are not remembering our God who is for us. But just like God gave Israel signs, he gives us signs as well. We know these signs to be baptism and the Lord's Supper. The sacraments are God's gift to us. They, they, they are not some traditional exercise that we engage in for tradition's sake. No, God commands us to partake in these sacraments because he is being gracious and merciful to a forgetful people. We partake of the Lord's Supper when we see someone enter the waters of baptism, we are reminded that our God is awesome. We, we remember that we once were dead in our trespasses and sin, but, but God made us alive in Christ Jesus. No, 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 we did not have the Jordan in front of us, but we had a, a sea of sin and strife and enmity. God was gracious, and he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus to pay the penalty, to close the gap, to bring us to him. God showed himself strong on our behalf through the person and work of his son, Jesus. Sacraments, brothers and sisters, they cause us, they are signs, they cause us to remember. Luke 22 and 19, this is what Jesus says. And he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this, do this in remembrance of me. Oh, brothers and sisters, there is a lot that happens at the communion table in terms of of God meeting us and strengthening us by his grace. But there is no denying that one aspect of coming to the Lord's tables is that our memories are being jogged world and its cares throughout the week have caused us for to forget or to misremember. Coming to the table each week reminds us that God is for us. He is a big God. He is a God who, who has saved, a God who saves, and a God who will continue to save. That's what Paul reminds us of in 1 Corinthians 15, 1, again, knowing that we would be prone to forget, now I would remind you, brothers of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and which you stand and by which you are being saved. Uh-huh. Signs, God gives, for to jog our memory. The memorials, the memorials. But they also, they also serve as a testimonial. They testify to the work of God. The signs, the the signs point others to the work of God, specifically the next generation and the nations. The 12 stones that God commanded Joshua to set up on before the people in Gilgal were to testify to the next Generation. Look at what Joshua 4 7 through 9, uh, 5 through 7 says. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in the time to come, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan River, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial. These 12 stones were not going to be just for those who passed through the Jordan. Not just for those who saw the waters cut off, but it would be for their children and their children's children. When they ask, when they ask, we're told, when they ask, as they're, they're, they're taking a walk, going for a stroll along the Jordan and come to the, the, these, these 12 stones, they would, they would say, Daddy, Daddy, what do those stones Mean when they ask, What do these stones mean? Of course, they were going to ask. That's what children do. They ask questions, sometimes too many questions. God knew they would ask. And God wanted the generations to know what He had done at the Jordan River. They were called as a people to testify about the works of God to their children. God God is always exhorting the people of God to, to tell the next generation. And, and brothers and sisters, right, you, do, you do realize that this is not just a word to the parents. This is a word to the community of faith that we are to a, be a people that is telling the next generation about the works of the Lord and what he has done words in Judges 2.10 should scare us. We have a responsibility. And these words scare me every time I read them. And all that generation, after Joshua had died, also were gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work he had done for Israel. Now, now, certainly, we can indict the, the generation that, that, that did not know the Lord, but you do understand that the responsibility falls on the generation that failed to teach their children, who failed to tell them about the works of Yahweh. Oh, brothers and sisters, may that never, may that never be said of our generation, about the generation coming behind us. Uh, We have a responsibility to teach them about the God who saves, the God who is for us. Deuteronomy 6 commands us, 6, 7, and 9, you shall teach them diligently to your children. When God, when Moses gives the Shema, and you shall talk of them when you, Sit in your house, and, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise, you, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. We should be always teaching our children, telling them of the works of the Lord and all that He has done. Brothers and sisters, remember, remember, they're gonna ask. The children of in Israel are no different than the children today. They're going to ask. When they see you take the, the elements of the bread and the wine and they ask you, mommy and daddy, what do those signs mean? May you tell them about the works that the Lord has done. Uh, we need to make sure we tell them about the God that we serve. Uh, if you are if a child, child here this morning you you don't have to ask because I'm going to tell you uh, this morning if you're a child here if you, you are a teenager you need to listen to me very clear that song that we sang God is real listen to me God is real He's he's not a superhero. He's not some character uh, that you read in in a fiction book. God is real. And I can tell you he's real. I can name several instances where God showed up in my life. And it's true that I can feel him deep in my soul, that God is real. If you hear nothing else today, know that God is real. The world is going to tell you that he's fake, that he doesn't exist. Listen to me. God is real. And it's not just because I know him deep down in my soul, but because I've got a sign that assures me that Christ was, went to Calvary on my behalf and he has secured salvation for me. Oh, children, God is real. Oh, may we, may we be always telling our children about the works that the Lord has done pointing them, pointing them to the sign that tell us, that assure us that Jesus was strong on our behalf. Uh, The stones were to be a testimony to the children. They were also meant to be a testimony of proclamation, proclamation to the nations. Joshua 4, 21 through 24, and he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in the times to come, what do these stones mean? Then then you shall let them know Israel passed over on dry land. And for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for You, until you passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. God didn't act just so Israel would know who he was. He wanted the nations to know just how powerful he was. You remember, you remember when What Rahab said when she encountered the spies, when the spies came into the land, she was fearful because she said, we heard, we heard what your God, what Yahweh did at the Red Sea. God's mighty work in Egypt was known in Canaan. Do you you think the people in Canaan (laughs) would know what the Lord did at the Jordan? (laughs) Of course they would they would know that the God of Israel was mighty. And look at what we read in, verses, in verse 5 of Joshua chapter 1. As soon as all the kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to the west and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan for the people of Israel until they had crossed over their hearts melted and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. Brothers and sisters, God cutting off the waters of the river Jordan struck fear in the enemies of Israel. Their hearts, their hearts melted. Israel's victory was guaranteed. The enemies of the people of God stood no chance. That's what those 12 stones signified. And therefore, therefore, when Israel saw the 12 stones, generation after generation, they could remember when they saw those, those 12 stones, that they had no one to fear except God himself. No one to fear except God himself. And that, that fear that they were to exhibit was a holy fear. It was a, a reverential fear for, for God was with them. Look at verse, the end of verse 24. <laughs> that you may fear the Lord your God forever. There would be a holy reverence because of what God had done The Jordan our oh, brothers and sisters we are a forgetful people we often we often cannot help ourselves we we would just remember we would trust god more god is gracious to give us signs to remind us of how good and how mighty he is have you forgotten this morning Have you forgotten? Look to the sign that points us to Christ and all
0: that he has done.